LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BC. One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I'll tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk here. about my thing. To the 20. Geis, touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. Second hour of the Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Happy to be with you guys on this Tuesday morning in the Crescent City. And a pleasure to be joined now by this guy. National sports commentator for FS1, but come on, it's South Louisiana. You know who this guy is. He's been around forever. Tim Brando, Timmy B joins us now. Tim, how are you on this Tuesday morning? Hi, Chris. It's good to be with you. And yeah, that that um, 1280 does sound familiar. I, uh, <laughs> I, I helped, that that place helped get my career going back in the early 80s. So uh, great memories of this frequency that we're on today. Yeah, I mean, this is a station. The past few years has been just all national and. Somebody yeah. got the bright idea. Let's flip it and go local, and uh, here we are. Well, we are good. live and local. Well, back in the day, it was News Talk twelve eighty, and uh, I worked there and uh, and and did the uh, evening talk show, uh, replacing Wayne Mack way way back in the day. And it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, I saw you having a, a really good rant on Twitter the other day. I love following you on Twitter, by the way, and, uh, and a lot of the discussions you have, even though some of the people aren't, aren't the nicest uh, to you on there. <laughs> well, but, it's the it's the, the pool we swim in whenever we <laughs> dare to go into Twitterville. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, you were making this uh, this case, and I really agree with you. College football is the second highest rated sport in terms of popularity in the country. And the lack of national programming on a daily basis talking about it, especially at the, the four-letter network, it's astounding. I mean, they'll talk NBA every day. They'll talk Major League Baseball. They have like a 90-minute NFL show every day. Yet outside of college football season, there is very little talk nationally about college football on a daily basis. Yeah, and let's be, listen, in, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, I've got great friends at all the different networks. God knows I've worked at most of them. Uh, but... Uh, from a programming standpoint, it's something that's sorely missed. Now, if you watch niche programming on conference networks like the SEC network and Feinbaum show every day, yeah, but that's a niche network. Same would be true if you're watching the Pac-12 or the Big Ten or or soon the, the ACC network. I'm talking about mainstream cable sports television, and the company I work for, in my opinion, is just as guilty. Um, if you're watching uh, – you know, these shows on FS1 that are there every day, they're not talking college football. And yet uh, we've got Big Ten football coming to FS1 this year, probably the best schedule we've ever had in the three years that I've been there. Uh, so, and, and I opened my season on Fox, uh, Big Fox in primetime with Louisville and Purdue. Lamar Jackson may be the most undervalued returning Heisman Trophy winner ever. How much How much conversation have you heard about him going into this college football season. There, there are so many different storylines, uh, Chris, in college football, and people are starving for it. I hear it from them every day, whether I'm at the 19th hole at my home golf course or yesterday at the, the local Muni when I was playing. Uh, people want to talk college football, and I mean all the time. But the, the, the decision makers are on each coast, and and I think that the it's a little bit like um, – uh, the the uh, the political world we live in. There's the you know, this view from the East Coast and West Coast that seems to control things, and everybody in the middle in the flyover states they're, they're starving for something else, and they're not getting it, in my opinion. So that's the reason I brought it up, and it did get a lot of reaction. 
Yeah, like I said, I just thought it was a it was a great point. I never really thought of. I mean, popularity. Yeah, you look at the ratings. NFL number one, college football number two. But let's talk. Pretty let's easy. Talk, let's talk basketball. Let's talk basketball every day and ignore college football. You know. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, I, I get the whole uh, Lonzo Ball. It's a circus act. His dad's a whack job, and he's good copy. So you throw him out there. But I mean, at a certain point, don't we really really want to talk about some some real sports as opposed <laughs> to drama? We've gone this drama route which is appealing, in my view, to the lowest common denominator. And, you know, a really sophisticated audience, and I think the audiences are a lot more sophisticated now than they used to be because they're inundated with, with shows, whether it's your show in my, in my old home of New Orleans or, or any other place in the country, you're getting to talk about That's why I think local, and I'm glad you guys flipped and went back to local programming because – you know, the national shows are just that. It's cookie-cutter material, and your audience there in New Orleans wants and demands more. And I, and I think that uh, if I were uh, operating some of these radio stations, I'd certainly uh, start flipping to, to local uh, interest and regional interest uh, information on a daily basis. I would, because the, the national folks just aren't getting it done. That said, Tim, I can't wait to watch you call a UCLA game this fall and have LeVar Ball in, in the booth with you. <laughs> Let me just say that if 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 that happens, you will know there's a producer that made it happen because I didn't suggest it. Okay, <laughs> talking with uh, Nim, uh, Tim Brando, national uh, sports commentator for uh, Fox Sports One. Um, I know you've gotten to travel a little bit in recent weeks, uh, recording your show Football Saturdays. Uh, yep. Who are some of the Who are some of the uh, coaches and players you've gotten to meet with and, and talk with? Well, in our premiere show, which is this Saturday, and I, I wish I knew the affiliate there in New Orleans, but I know we're on, uh, and it'll begin airing this Saturday. Uh, Dabo Sweeney will be half the show. We do too. That's one of the great things about football Saturdays is we, depending upon who we have, we can take as much time or as least time as we like. And uh, Dabo is just fantastic. And we visited his facility, brand new, huge facility uh, inside Clemson. It doesn't have the the Niagara waterfalls that Nick Saban has in Tuscaloosa, but it's got just about everything else. Uh, and Ed Orgeron will be in week five of the show. So that would be roughly two weeks before the college football season begins, and, and, and Ed will be half of the show. And I think even people from South Louisiana that think they know all there is to know about Coach O, they'll learn that they don't necessarily know everything. I know I felt that way after I, I visited with him. Uh, I mentioned Lamar Jackson. We we spent a lot of time with Lamar. Michael Vick, who made some news yesterday, as you know, with Colin Kaepernick, is also going to be featured on the show. We take a lot of time with both present and past greats in college football, players, coaches, and the like. It's a, a bit of a magazine format in terms of its structure, but we do get into some real football as well and some human interest stories, I think, that will capture the imagination of a lot of people. Um whether it's, um, you know, what happened with uh, the UAB program, by example. That will be in week two of the show. You know, that's another great storyline, by the way. What happened at UAB was, you know, in a lot of ways, a throwback to the cronyism of the Jim Crow South in trying to limit what could be done at this institution by those that were stronger financially to run them out of the intercollegiate athletics business. And the upheaval that came in the aftermath of that really poor decision, where a lot of a, a lot of their student body and a lot of their alumni base that did have the wherewithal financially to step forward 
after the the old cronies were trying to rid themselves of the program and stop football in Conference USA and at uh, Legion Field, they fought back. And a lot of money that was always there that would never contribute to the program stepped up to save it. Uh, and uh, we were there when they had the demise of the program. We are there when they announce it coming back. And we'll prep everyone for the Blazers returning to college football this season. And that's, to me, another incredible story that a lot of the mainstream media stayed away from. And they stayed away from it because it wasn't a popular story to cover. It, it really raised a lot of issues about old stereotypes that can exist in many southern cities and uh, in southern states. So I think you'll enjoy that story, too. Absolutely. I mean, it's amazing. We're in 2017, and to think in some places we're still living like it's uh, 40 years ago is incredible. You, you mentioned his name, so I'll bring I'll bring him up. You said you sat down with Ed Ogeron. Uh, yeah. What did you What did you make of the hire with him at LSU, and how do you think he will do as the head coach? Well, many people remember I was very, very cynical of the search process. I thought Joe Oliva, the athletic director, did a poor job. I thought uh, F. King Alexander, the the president, did a poor job. Uh, they they lost their chance at getting Jimbo Fisher when, for some unfounded reason, they determined that it would look bad uh, when higher education was having cuts uh, within the legislature, and this would just look really, really bad if some suddenly Jimbo Fisher got in excess of $5 million. Well, I mean, come on. I think we're long since past the time when fans knew that uh, their taxes were not paying for LSU football. I mean... That is a huge mega billion million dollar business that we have in Baton Rouge, and they routinely give ten million annually to the academic community from the profits made in sports within that athletic department. So to to to, to suddenly just uh, uh, turn your back on what was a deal that they felt they had in place, or that when I say they, I mean Jimmy Sexton and Jimbo Fisher and renege on what was an offer that was made at the end of the season. And then, of course, they had the charade with Les Miles being hoisted on the, the backs of players when they beat Texas A&M, and it was all, let's sing, kumbaya. Listen, that was a joke, uh, and it was bad business, in my opinion, for LSU. So the following year, they, they come back with, oh, we're going after Jimbo again. Well, there was no way Jimbo Fisher was going to take that job, and there was no way Tom Herman was going to take that job. They had a similar charade at the A&M game the following year where they're discussing on television uh, a real offer being made. Well, Herman was going to Texas, and anybody that was close to that situation knew he was going to Texas. Ultimately, the only option they had was at Orgeron. Now, that's the bad part of the story. I think the good part is uh, I believe they may have stumbled onto something really special. Uh, Ed, in my opinion, is ready for this opportunity this time around. And I think that uh, the, the level of energy and enthusiasm that he's got within that football office is just palpable. And uh, the, the schedule is a problem. Again, uh, this is a, another poor decision that Joe Oliva is a part of because that whole thing with Florida and LSU last year and the scheduling uh, you know, kerfuffle that occurred between those two now leaves poor Orgeron in a situation where he's got to go to Florida in two consecutive years which means that schedule, which I think also includes Tennessee on the road, Alabama on the road, and Florida for the next two years on the road, is going to be a very difficult track for him to take. But that said, uh, Chris, I, I do think that there's a very good chance that this guy is really going to be 
the the goods. I, you know, he he has surrounded himself as a CEO with two of the best coordinators you could possibly have. I love Canada offensively. What he did at Pittsburgh, particularly at the quarterback position, in terms of efficiency, is something that's been sorely needed down in Baton Rouge. They haven't had a really good guru of quarterbacks as well as play callers since Jimbo was there working for Nick Saban. And defensively, Aranda is the best defensive coordinator in the country. And uh, Ed is no longer coaching like a line coach uh, at, at New Orleans with the Saints or like a line coach in his days at USC. Uh, but he learned his lessons from the mistakes he made at Ole Miss. He has uh, been counseled and will admit openly to having mentorship guys that have helped him in terms of seeing the big picture of the game. So in a lot of ways, even with the, mis- the missteps of the administration, and there were many, I think they found themselves in a beautiful place because of the power of the program and uh, really the great uh, talent that we have in this state. I think Orgeron will cultivate it and in the big picture be highly successful. And to me, there's just something about a guy who's willing to do the job for, for free, if you ask him. I mean, it seems well, like... Well, it is a know. dream, and that's what makes the job so great. I mean, uh, the storyline's so great, uh, is that this is his dream job. He genuinely wants everybody to be successful. And uh, here's a guy that was digging ditches and shoveling shrimp in South Lafouche Parish, okay, <laughs> And was so scared coming out of high school in 1977 that even after being offered an opportunity to play at LSU, he was on campus for a week and he got so scared because it was so big to him. He went home and his dad said, you know, kid, you got to wake up. You got to start playing foot. You're going to be a great coach one day. And he goes to Northwestern state teams up with Bobby a bear, the Cajun cannon, and they play football up at Northwestern state, which is only about an hour away from my home in Shreveport has a really solid career, gets on the straight and narrow, and starts following his dream to become a coach. And he is one of the premier recruiters nationally in the game of football. So you'll always have great talent in Louisiana. He is going to rope off this state, and I don't think Nick Saban will be able to come in and procure isolated five-star guys out of here anymore. I think that those days are gone. And I think ultimately over time he will get it done. But fans, were gonna, they're, they're going to have to be a little more patient because, as I said, the schedule he's been left with because of the snafus recently, in my opinion, by the administration, are going to cause concern in the SEC West when you have to play Florida in back-to-back years on the road, which he has to. So, uh, But I think in time, with the SEC weakened, and it is, only Alabama, in my opinion, is an elite team, they're going to make inroads, and they will be challenging for national championships again in the foreseeable future. Of course, we're talking with uh, Tim Brando, uh, national sports commentator, FS1. How about Fox and FS1 picking up some big-time games this year? I know you mentioned now now covering the Big Ten, Big 12, and Pac-12. I know Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, USC, Bedlam, oh, yeah. tons, of, tons of college games going to be on the Fox networks this year. And you got to be excited to be with your partner once again, Spencer Tillman. Yeah, this is, uh, Chris, this will be the 20th year in the last 21 that we've been together. Uh, Would you take in the uh, 18 years I was at CBS, 16 of those years uh, we were together for the college football today. Uh, When I started doing that show back in 1998, it was with Lou Holtz and Craig James. And the following year, Lou went to South Carolina. Craig went over to do the NFL today. And then Spencer joined me in 99. So when when I left, uh, abruptly in 2013, 
I went over to uh, Fox and for one year worked with Joel Klatt and Brady Quinn. And then those guys each moved on. Uh, Joel moved up to the number one position to work with uh, Gus Johnson. And the bosses said to me, hey, is there anybody that you'd like to work with? And I just so happened to know that Spencer's contract was up at CBS. And I said, yeah, there's this guy I worked with for a long time over at the Big (laughs) Eye. I think he might be interested. And uh, they brought him in. I was flattered that uh, my best first time in 30-plus years in the business that my bosses actually asked me what I thought. (laughs) And I said, I think this guy's pretty good. We've been together and we've got great chemistry. So he came over. This will be our third season together now on Fox and FS1. And uh, my family thinks so much of Spencer that my – uh, 34-year-old daughter, Tiffany, who who went to LSU, by the way, just had her first child, and she named the baby Spencer Brando Cruz. Wow. So he has a namesake in our family, which, which means a lot about the relationship uh, that we have together. We opened with Purdue and Louisville uh, on Fox in primetime on Saturday, September uh, 2nd. But you'll be seeing us a lot, both in the Pac-12 and Big 12, to go along with the Big 10. I think I noticed... Um, a Nebraska-Illinois game on a Friday night, uh, a Purdue-Ohio game, I think, in um, uh, on our second week. Uh, the third or fourth week of the season, we'll get a great game, I think, with uh, Colorado and Washington out in the Pac-12, talking about the rematch of last year's Pac-12 title game. So uh, I'm pumped about the, the, uh, the schedule in September and beyond. It is by far and away the best college football schedule that we've had since uh, they really launched into the college football business about five years ago. I, I was about a year uh, into their launching into the business of, of college football, and it's really fun to be a part of something that's growing. They are eagerly going after rights, and the Big Ten get was huge for Fox and FS1, and you're right. Games like uh, Oklahoma-Ohio State, games like Michigan-Ohio uh, State, uh, games that in the past you would – you would never see any place other than ESPN. These games now, most of them will be on on uh, Fox or FS1. So uh, we're really thrilled about it. He is Tim Brando, of course, national sports commentator for FS1. And, of course, we know him as Mr. Louisiana. Tim, thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Chris, it was my pleasure. And as I said, flattered to be on. And, and really, when I think back, a lot of great things happened to me from my time in New Orleans. I wish the Saints all the best. Got a lot of friends down there still in the media. And uh, give everybody my best down in New Orleans, okay? Absolutely. Thanks Thanks a lot, Tim. We appreciate it.